I can think of something. A giant sandal in the world that drops <laughs> on people. That's a mess. No, no, there's already been sandal shrines. You, you, that ship has sailed, that's, my that's, friend. That's part, that's part of law now. Sim, it's it's part of law now. It's not, it's not even that. Like, Sim, that's going to happen to you and solely to you. There's oh not going to be a single witness. And since you're going to talk about it, you're not able to convince anyone. <laughs> When it happens, I'm, I can't defend you either. I'll be there, like praising Stephen as he does it. I'll be like, exactly. I'm sorry. It's, it's it just has to happen. The witnesses are already against you. <laughs> There's no win-win situation here. You, you can't defy God. I mean, if if he if he was really angry about you, he would have taken it off you. But he let you took to take it. He's the he's the God of the game, but he let you take it. Yep. Speaking of which, last last I I missed wow. one episode. And you're already saying blasphemy. To lay waste to these lingering titans, the Pathfinders would need to seek the lost arcane mementos hidden across the land. These items would further help them to reinforce their weapons, armor, and skills so that they could better face whatever dangers lay ahead. It would take a certain affinity to magic to ensure success, something only the most skilled enchanters could accomplish. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Simorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also welcome back your favorite cult leader, Armored Cell. Hello. And everybody's favorite cozy murder bunny Faisal. greetings <laughs> daedalus i apologize i should have said your ash and herald daedalus i'm working on it man i'm working on it for some reason that trips me up and causes problems it just really shouldn't at this point but such as the, it's the nature good, it's, it's all good such as the nature it's all according to a plan to your all right schemes. put the blasphemous stuff away <laughs> so we can share some things here <laughs> Be Hey, before we dig in, I want to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, shout out to all the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Friends, as usual, if you want to show us some love, you can go over to at AshesPathfinder which actually just reminds me, I need to actually pull that up. We actually do have a review to read, but you can go over to at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. Go check out the pin post. And over there at the top, you will see that we've got all the links for all the podcast places. All you got to do is click on that iTunes one. Go give us five stars. Leave us a comment. We will read that live here on the show like we're about to do. You can also call into 1-539-664-68. Zero one to leave us a message, a voice message, and we'll play that here on the show. You can also shoot some mail over to ashespathfinders at gmail.com and our Pathfinder grunt out there in Vera will get that to us when they're good and ready. We know that things get delayed when you're in development, so I think we can give them a pass on this. Um, 
Also, Knights of the Phoenix. We are continuing to recruit for Ash as a creation. If you go over to Ash's HQ, you'll probably notice that they're uh, uh, hashtag not sponsored on the front page. It's the beauty of when you run the site, right? You can kind of like <laughs> advertise whatever you want. Um, but we got a new front page over on the HQ, so check it out. And if you're interested in a guild that's community-oriented and is going to be an Ash as a creation, you can shoot me a DM on Discord. You can join us over at discord.gg forward slash some org. Um, with that being said, we did our community night on Friday. It was a good time as usual. Probably doing one again in a couple weeks, give or take. We'll see. Um, we've broken 5K subs. We're now beyond it on the Ashes HQ YouTube. So hammers up to all of you all. Um, specifically, we got a shout out, John and Bragg, who were who recently uh joined as members on youtube it's like kind of subscriptions here on twitch are it's basically monetary support so shout out to both of you all uh, both of you for actually supporting over there as well enjoy the emotes in the chat comments area um speaking of the comments you could use some comments some likes on the videos from last week they are da, 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 there we go we had an ashes talk on wednesday last week called true vagabond which we are going to piggyback off of a curated actual comment from that and we're going to talk about today um we also had one on enchanting on friday and we'll be curating a topic or not topic but conversation around one of the comments there we've also got forums on ashes hq you can go and contribute a thought uh you know a conversation piece over there something to sort of showcase your ideas or thoughts around ashes of creation as it's in development and we can sometimes share that here like we're going to do today with one over there from oak crew and we also had a comment to showcase from the last pathfinder podcast over on youtube so if you want to show us love likes comments give the videos a watch it helps to bolster the algorithm helps the channel to grow helps the website to grow and well in some small way we also find more people join us over here on twitch live on sundays by pmcdt for the live show of ashes pathfinder so that being said i've gotten through all the things Noted all the patrons, all that stuff. Gentlemen, why don't we catch up? I know we got some things on the agenda this week, but how the hell y'all been doing since the last time you were on the show? Doing good. Got an article about ready to go for next week for a release for the HQ. Um, mm -hmm. Looking forward to releasing that. It's a little hint. It's about social and religious organizations. Some uh, some interesting Thanks thoughts too. there. I hope everyone enjoys. And thanks for everyone that's contributed to the comments uh, on the prior articles. If you do have any ideas, mm -hmm. please don't hesitate to slip into my DMs on Discord. There you go. Standing. What about you, Call Leader Armor Cell? Well, um, so I just finished my wipe from Rust. Like I've finished my wipe from Rust just because mm -hmm. there was a few hackers that hopped on, and me and a few of my other oh, Alliance man. members like jumped on and took them out we waited until they hopped offline and we just absolutely destroyed their base like just floored it we were, we we're like nah that's out they had like super sus we we're like they had steam mm -hmm. accounts with like the same name they had back bands and it was like nah they were like getting triple headshots it was disgusting but we got rid of them it was <laughs> fine it's all done and i hopped off with a wipe because mm -hmm. it's very taxing playing that game nice. yeah it definitely can be what about I've, you, Basil? Uh, I've got some of my old friends that used to play video games with me um, back online and corrupting them to the dark side bit by bit. Uh, Wait, what? 
<laughs> um, and what? make them play even more diverse video games as we go. I made them join Discord. That's a step. That's a step forward. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, been busy over here. Gonna read this comment from our iTunes review shortly. But um, good looking out, mods. Appreciate you. Um, making sure that uh, Sims ADD doesn't get the best of him. Apparently, um. Yeah, so it's been a busy week, man. I've been, uh, I'm getting ready to actually transition into full time on. Well, I mean, I read you like what two or three days a week, pretty casually. We get our podcast, we got um, community stuff, Ashes talks, we do all the things or whatever. But I'm probably going to be, I think the people that are maybe going to enjoy me being live more regularly are going to probably get their way shortly. Um, I've been grinding pretty hard on YouTube, both both YouTube's Ashes HQ and the Simorgue HQ YouTube channels, which are a little different, but kind of the typical stuff you'd expect from me, um, just separated. Uh, and basically the long and short of it is, is that I've been bolstering them pretty significantly. And uh, I think we get like five videos basically to each channel per week at this point, sometimes a little more. Um, and I'm doing the editing for that currently and then i've got um yeah of course i'm writing my books my first book is is currently underway at the moment so um i'm gonna i'm gonna cut the day gig of doing counseling and working in psychotherapy um, i've been doing my own practice for years and years and i've been slowly rolling like sort of like weaning myself off of it but uh yeah i'm gonna i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go full-time do content creation and and basically uh work on my my books and upcoming game in the future so yeah, I'm going full time into creative stuff, man, 100%. So that's that's the uh that's on the agenda for me. So it's kind of a kind of a big move. It's pretty exciting. Um it's going to be interesting to sort of get into a groove of having like regular stream days again and you know, like throughout the week <clears throat> as well as the podcast, etc. But yeah, it's a pretty big pretty big moment moving up here. So transitioning into that in October. Um, which ultimately means more Ashes discussion stuff and conversations and things for the community around that as well. So um, let's read this comment from Chris Kehe, I think. And I hope, hopefully I didn't mess that up. And if I did, I apologize. I'm giving it my best here. But this was uh, towards the end of August. And this comment over on iTunes reads as, Rising from the Ashes. This podcast is a very fun and informative podcast, giving Ashes Creation fans a fun way to follow all the news and information on the development of Ashes of Creation. Sim does his research and knows his stuff. It's oh, nice of you to say. The discussions that come out of this podcast are fun and great to keep us fans sane while waiting for the game to be completed and released. Much love, Pathfinders, from Chris. So hammers up, Chris. If you're listening to this episode... Homie, thanks for that. Thanks for showing some love. And actually, there were some people that didn't leave comments, but did give us some stars. So to those of you who were like, hey, we're not going to leave a comment, but you did give us a five star. Hammers up to all of you silent sentinels who did your due diligence to give us some support, too. I really appreciate that. We've actually gone up like four in like the past, uh, I don't know, a couple months or something. So Thanks, friends. Really appreciate it. It helps a bunch. We're up to 30 now, so I don't know if we can hit 50 by the end of the year. It would be nice, um, but I know at 100, we're going to do something big, so there's that. So if you haven't gone over there and done it, go for it. Now's your time. It's your, it's your moment. Um, 
<laughs> or maybe our moment, depending on how you really look at that. But um, why don't we why don't we talk about some stuff and things related to, well, the past week in ashes, some of those videos we talked about, some of the discussions to be had there. We'll go on ahead and look at this one specifically right here. Now, this one's from Blank, and this is actually on episode 139, or sorry, 193 last week. And it reads as the argument of in-game matchmaking is kind of useless. Currently playing Destiny 2, this game has been around for almost a decade and community have been through this argument for almost as long. The result of no in-game matchmaking for raids, dungeons, and trials PvP was people making LFG third-party apps for a website and for the purpose of matchmaking. Regardless of the personal feelings, if the community is for matchmaking is large enough, um, it will happen. In the end, Bungie decided to add matchmaking LFG into the DLC. You can't get rid of it. You can only hide it from your site. Now, that is a fair point. Those things do happen. There was also further discussion from Blank that we, we went back and forth on this one a bit. And the conversation basically was uh, me kind of referencing taverns. And there was sort of like discussion around that because clearly taverns are going to provide a you know, it's not LFG or Raid Finder sort of dynamic where it's in your UI, but locally you can go to a tavern and you can sort of look and, and sort of like form up parties for people regionally that are within that area that are looking to do things. So it does exist. It's just a more, much more organic way to go about it. But gentlemen, with, you know, what are your thoughts on, on what Blanket kind of shared there for the last show? I'm going to say agree to disagree. You're talking about two different genres of games here. Um, mm -hmm. MMORPGs versus, you know, essentially like a, an, an FPS, um, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's to me, it, it's it's a much more like lobby like experience anyway in Destiny. Uh, so True. I guess that would that would be my take is, yes, there's a community, but the community dynamic is different. You're, um, you know, generally, um, I guess, in my opinion, I guess it's a different point of view. Um, not, not saying right or wrong. I just, I don't agree with that. I think if, you know, playing MMOs at the inception when there was no type of matchmaking system where you had to like interact and coordinate with players online, you know, I mean, yes, there was that like fair amount of using LFG, but you know, you then ended up having to talk to people to see, you know, what, you know, if they were doing a particular quest in your dungeon and it's like all that dialogue that you would normally get, like arranging for a group or, mm -hmm. you know, waiting for the group to get together, you're you're not really getting that. And and I think it's a combination of things, right? It's not just the matchmaking um, feature. It's it's also the the dumbing down of content and the stratification of content, the same content um, that I think also contributed to that, like, you know, very soundbite experience. So I guess in, in my opinion, I mean, I value the, the comment and thank them for the opinion. It's just not something I necessarily agree with. Just mm -hmm. knowing what I are experiencing, what I have, you know, from the start of MMOs being out to like, I would say current state or relatively current state. Right I mean, I see, I, I see both perspectives here. Like, I do agree with Daedalus, and I do agree with the guy. Um, what he's basically saying, it doesn't matter much of the game. Uh, he's saying more of a population and what they want. 
uh, if they wanted a matchmaking system, they'll just create one third party. Yep. But I do agree with Daedalus at a certain point where it's two different communities. Like Destiny is just built differently. How mm. they organize their communities very different compared mm. to MMORPGs. But I also can see where he got this point from because you have a lot of MMOs already have a matchmaking system built in. Right. So once you provide, uh, like, take away something that the players already have, mm-hmm. that, like, you will find a group of people that they are going to fight for this. Uh, not specifically, like, aggressively or anything. Just, like, they want this feature. Right. Uh, uh, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? That's a different discussion. And I do agree with Sim grow it organically like local regions instead of having it worldwide mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah, yeah I, I think it's not really i don't like the word matchmaking i, I prefer to find uh, like a team finder or something like mm, yeah. um, like look at what like people don't like the world the world of warcraft's uh team finding not team finding a uh, matchmaking system where you just stand there and wait until you can log into a, a raid mm. They went. They went. Wanted to go back to the old times of classic, and like you know, we don't want a matchmaker. We want to be able to find people like the normal way, because they wanted that player-to-player interaction. But mm-hmm. the the main thing that you get from going to like these taverns, not only are you meeting new people and getting the buffs from those taverns, you're also looking at the the match, not the team finder board or whatever it's going to be called, right? Yeah. And you can be like, okay, there's a, I want to do this, do these raids. Oh wait, there's a group of people that are doing herbs. I also need to do herbs. Oh wait, there's actually a big influx of people doing these these uh, ore mining missions. So there's going to be a huge like it's it's bringing you in, bringing you more immersive into the world. Like if that makes sense. Like it's no longer just you clicking a button and you're just waiting to join a raid. Right. You're now being introduced to the tavern, the buffs, the yep. the person behind the tavern, um, any gossip you might be hearing along the way. Like it's it's bringing you into the world, right? That's what you. That's what, sort of what you want in the MMO. You don't want to be. You don't want a Destiny scenario because Destiny is more of a shooter, right? Not right. a yeah. MMO. It's also very homogenized, and from my perspective as well, compared to what Ashes is going for. But that's that's mm-hmm. my opinion. Like you want mm-hmm. obviously you want to bring the massive back into mass um, MMO, right? Right. So that's the, that that just reinforces that uh, that belief of bring you into mm-hmm. the world and not trying to take you away from it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I liked your point too on specifically about like, you know, the tavern owner, like the consumables that are going to be provided there. I was even thinking, and even like the NPC, right. Cause like, if, you, yeah. if you're able to like kind of name that and give your own, like it really sort of gives you a taste for the culture of that, that tavern and like the people in the region and, you know, thematically kind of what's manifesting itself there just because of community. So I find that very, very interesting. And, you know, I mean, essentially I've, I've always viewed like what the tavern boards are going to allow you to do when it comes to creating a party. It basically is, is just sort of like, Hey, we're looking for more it is a reference towards the elephant podcast on Thursdays that we do sister show to this one, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, I love, I love that anyway, but it does though, right. It gives you the, the unique opportunity to go into the tavern and sort of like really immerse yourself in what's 
unique about that particular tavern, the people that regulars there, um, the types of things that they're up to, what they're regularly sort of like uh, gathering at that gathering place to sort of go and take on on a somewhat regular basis. Like what's the norm for that social construct in that area there. And that's to me just really exciting. And, um, you know, there were games where you could sort of through your UI sort of like plan a party and then people could join it and you could go. Well, this is like that, except very locally based for the tavern. Right. So you got to get in there and yeah, sort of do that. So, I mean, it's kind of cool because you still are going to get to do that. You just sort of got to be in, in the area to sort of see what they're, what's going on there. And I think it, in a lot of ways, can sort of uh, cause a person who's potentially a citizen of a node to really sort of like bounce around between the taverns that are sort of in that area and get a level of familiarity to what maybe each one sort of offers, um, you know, uniquely based on what the, the buff foods or whatever you can get, the people that tend to regular there, the tavern games that tend to be there. Um, and we did a, we did a game guide on this not too long ago. So, I mean, to me, that's just damn exciting. So I, I like that that was a reference point y'all were making too. Um, mm-hmm. Which leads to the next question or the next discussion point. How 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 perfectly well for Armored Cell to talk about something community-oriented like a tavern when the other discussion we had was our Ashes Talk on Wednesday about, and this was this was a suggested topic. So if you're going, oh, where are you where are you kind of getting this from? Well, in the post show, today's post show, for example, uh, I basically pull from our chat after this podcast, I hang out, I chat a little bit, and I go, give me some ideas. Hit me with some of your best conversation ideas. And I basically pull from that and create Ashes Talks, and then we basically bolster around the community's discussions. And that one came from uh, John Prescott in chat there. So shout out to John for this particular Ashes Talk. And we're pulling a comment about being a true vagabond. That's literally somebody who says, I don't want your social structure. I don't want to be a citizen of your node. No, you, like you see Brown Rice saying in the chat, no, I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to join any of that stuff. I want to be out roaming on my own, doing my own thing. Ain't nobody telling me how to live my life sort of thing. Or I don't want to worry about losing things, et cetera. The cool thing about that is, are we, it's very clear in the comments on that. that there are definitely going to be people doing this. With that being said, though, clearly there are going to be certain perks that you're not going to get from this. Now, I encourage people to go chime in over there, see what people are talking about, leave your own thoughts, right? Interact with the people in the community there because we got a two part community. We got the community here, we got the community over there on YouTube, and then they're all bolstering around the HQ site. So there you go. We got our hub. But Shadow Rodney. I'm trying to pull different names each week here said uh, in regard to the true vagabond said, I'm going to have a vagabond character that just wanders the world looking for opportunities. New wonders places. And this is basically just a nomad said, I think it would be nice if vagabonds can act as mercenaries. I expect we're going to see them sailors for hire. Expect that too. Or as helping hands to help people doing bigger things. My ideal vagabond fantasy would be if I could travel around on a mobile home cart like a gypsy, fish here, hunt there, etc. That's that's straight up nomad right there. But I'm curious what you all think about the pros and cons of being a true vagabond. Obviously, there's disadvantages. If you're not a citizen, you're not going to get certain perks. Um, there's certain things you're going to have limitations with. 
and not have access to it because you? you said no. Yeah, there's certain things you're not going to get. Like, for number one, if you're not a citizen and the mayor's got perks for that node, you get nothing if you're not a citizen, right? Yeah, sure. But so, I mean, here you go. You're going to gather the same resources that everybody else gathers. You're going to be able to forge everything that every everyone else forges. It's not going to be restricted, is it? No. It's not restricted, but you might be getting charged more for mm -hmm. you know processing from vendors, you know. Sure. Kind of again, if if I mean if he wants to do it right, he's going mm -hmm. to have resources not in one locals area. So he still has to get the resources to a area where he can store them though. There you go. And yeah, exactly. The storage is one of the things I was thinking about as well. And like how yeah, would that dynamic work? If he's gonna be wandering around in a caravan, imagine uh, my RP a caravan. And but... can you add things midway? With a caravan, I mean, if you get to a, if you get yeah. to a, one yeah. of those like way stations, caravansaries, sure. yeah, yeah, that has a caravansary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think from an RP perspective, this sounds like a really cool idea. But yeah. I think somebody said it in chat. It's like. You know, have fun getting wrecked. I mean, it, it is, it is. You know, there's risk and reward here. I mean, I'm not sure right. necessarily as much. I mean, the reward might be, you know, little William Wallace freedom, but at the end of the day, you know, you might, you might just end up, you know, getting wrecked on the along the way, and that's the risk, I guess. But I, mean, I, I do like the idea of like that mysterious stranger. I think that's a great RP. And you know what? You may be able to get by being a mercenary too. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say that that's not gonna be the case, but it's still gonna be a a tougher way to go. Um, and if you're up for that, if you like that kind of conflict, go for it. You can play how you want to play, but you know, mm -hmm. it is it's definitely not gonna be an easy. It's not gonna be an easy path to be a mysterious stranger. Unless you're, my only concern yeah, is people right. using this as like a uh, like a cheat like an easier version of caravan system like if you can be a vagabond and just use one person as a vagabond to transfer all your loot and but what, what can that character can a vagabond be attacked as the same Ooh, as caravan what an interesting well sure they can because there's a person in the world at that point what they can do be yeah. hauling a pack mule or something get jacked too yeah it's true how funny you know what i'm surprised we haven't seen a cosmetic shop as pack mule skins I think didn't they have some caravans that had pack mules on them? I didn't. It's, I don't know. You know. There's been so many. I don't remember. Maybe in the early days. I haven't seen any. Not that I can remember offhand right now. Do you imagine though? Just 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 the skin for your pack mule. Just literally your little pack mule guy. Like right. And and intrepid. If you go for this, I'd like a ten percent cut. That'd be great. Thanks. The idea. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There. They're gonna be like. They're gonna be like, bitch, please. I mean, get shit, boy. Really, their response would be our shit's custom, but that's mine. That's my thing to say. What do you think? What do you, any other thoughts on that, though? Yeah, freehold crafting, I see in chat too. There's a good discussion point on that. Um, yeah, that freehold crafting. I think someone in the comments, and it might have been me hooks that maybe contributed it on that uh, on the YouTube channel, but it was basically talking about how, like, uh, you know, could see that people are. You know, they make friends, maybe like as a nomad, they kind of like create a friends list. Right. And these people are that they go and they go in and they access stuff on their freeholds and maybe even pay to store stuff there. You know, I could see some of those things happening. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what 
what that might end up looking like. I mean, there there certainly is a level of freedom to know that, like, you don't have to lose any of your stuff in a freehold if it goes. You know, you don't have to be, like, necessarily jumping in and doing any, like, node sieges or castle sieges or any of that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you're running, running around and you're keeping stuff on hand. You, I mean, bag space is going to add quick... I mean, look at my characters in MMORPGs. I get a lot of crap about it, and I gotta usually have the most expansive bank you can have. And I'm still struggle busting with stuff in my bags, right? Not a ninja loot thing, but you know, it's a. It's not like that. It's just it's harvesting. It's definitely a ninja loot thing. So you don't know. You gotta you gotta have enough free slots for that ninja loot. So it's it's it's, mm. it's challenging. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I kind of like outed. Well, no, I didn't out myself. I kind of set myself up. In that situation, actually, interesting ideas though, around the whole vagabond life, right? Because I'm curious. Because I mean, there's definitely people that are like, I'm definitely going to RP one, right? Definitely going to have a character that maybe runs around and lives that sort of life. But it's it's interesting to see what some of the potential advantages might actually be. Because for me, the disadvantages are severely going to outweigh, right? Any I mean, advantages? Tax tariffs as well for like like let's say you don't like another node they. Oh, any people coming from that area can be taxed higher. Isn't that another scenario that they could have done? Yeah, true. Uh, did, is there separate Originally. tax rates for citizens versus non-citizens? And that's actually that would be an interesting. That is an interesting topic, actually. Huh. But vagabonds could also have like have to pay like a coin to stay within a node for a certain time if they wanted to like be safe for a while, mm. like a. Like, just think of like a little caravan park for vagabonds or something. Yeah, that'd yeah, be kind of a nice toll. little side, a little nice side yeah. perk to like the asylum policies that they got for nodes. Yeah. That could be yeah. interesting. Interesting. It could work. Anything with RP, I, I, I like. It adds more. It just adds more to the world. Hmm. I got to write this down. Tax rate for different nodes, and then I talking mean, about yeah policies. Historically. Yeah interesting topic it does fit <laughs> uh, yeah. from a historic standpoint yeah like, yeah like at least in the arabic regions we used to call it jizya uh jizya means if you are a traveler a traveler or anyone from the outside who wants to come in you get to pay like a small tax and get to have the same protection and perks of a citizen so yeah. i'm not sure of uh, European region cultures, though, if they had the same thing or not. Yeah, Pierre was saying uh, that Stephen, you know, remember he talked about the uh, was it called the encouragements for citizens? So that'll be interesting to see too. A lot of it's you know it's one of those things until we get in there and see this thing at work, we're not going to know. Yeah, I'll definitely play a a nomad character in Alpha just to Alpha two just to see how that actually feels. But it's yeah, I'm one. I'm wondering too when we were talking about like you know the whole like caravan process and that you could weigh station somewhere if you were getting attacked or what have you. I'm wondering if there's like some sort of toll or tax for that too. Is if you're gonna put your caravan like somewhere overnight or what have you, right? Is there gonna be a fee for that too? And is there risk versus reward with that too? Okay, you get the protection, but you gotta pay a little bit of your resources or some sort of coin to be able to do that, mm -hmm. that way station. There's just, there's a lot of options, right? I think for revenue generating within nodes that I'm, I would be interested to see how that 
right. shakes out. I mean, especially considering the fact that it's not going to be like open season on whatever's in the coffers, which is right. this, like was pretty much happened with uh, New World um, and created a maybe a more of a toxic dynamic with owning an area um, or a town. So yeah, I'm but, glad to see that they're gonna do something different here. But I'd be interested to see if they're mm. how much of that's gonna really be taxed outside I of mean, like the main node. I think I think what and at least this is my perspective. Um, if anything is gonna be taxed in the game, there should be a limit to not go to not make players go overboard and. Uh, I don't know. You guys could say say anything about this, honestly. But I, I see it. I see it as that it sh- mm. like shouldn't reach astronomical levels of taxing. <laughs> oh yeah, you uh, should definitely have a cap. I totally agree yeah. with you there because there was like, again, I don't, uh, I don't recall like what the situation was, but there were places that, um, you and and this was maybe more of like a player behavior but it 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 was exacerbated by game design um in new world we had like one particular guild that mismanaged the crap out of what they took over yeah. and they took over quite a bit of the map and then they're like oh well this town isn't making so much money let's jack up all the costs oh yeah and then all they did was dig themselves a deeper hole um, because it ended up being like, you know, towns that were more like reasonable and frankly more accessible, like from a map and travel perspective, were making money hand over fist. And people would rat- go out of their way to go to that main town versus mm-hmm. going to one of these outskirt towns that were taken over because the taxes were so high. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just created like a very toxic environment for that, you know, particular guild. And, and again, some of that's definitely player behavior, right? It's like, okay, yeah. well, you know, some, I somebody, you know, did something stupid. But I think you, like you were saying, Faisal, you do have to have some limits because not yeah. only does that um, keep in check some of that more toxic behavior, mm-hmm. I think it also um, it also m- helps you make smarter decisions and like keep the economy flowing. Because you don't want to stagnate the economy by having systems that allow you like so much flexibility that it mm. just creates, you know, more issues than it opens up. It's not just that. Like, I just feel like thought of a loophole. Like for military, uh, what's it called? Nodes. In order to become the mayor, you have to beat everyone else and take that position, right? Yep, combat. Exactly. So imagine if if a enemy node, let's say, went in there, guns blazing, um, mm-hmm. in that arena, they mm-hmm. would take the mayorship, jack up the prior taxes, and the node would just de-level. Um, uh, in the sense of okay, players don't want to stay here because of taxes, blah 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 blah. Uh, uh, everything basically increased in prices, and nobody wants that no more. So See, I, I love that idea. I, I love that sort of idea of sabotage, though. It's, it, it feels great. But the, the main difference between <laughs> that and um, New World is that the taxes isn't going to a guild. It's still going to the town itself, right? Yeah. So, no, yeah. And even if someone does decide to overtax, they're not going to be 
pocketing the money and ninja looting it away, if you know what I mean. Like, it, they're going to have to leave it inside the, the city. No one can just take all the loot themselves. Um, but at the same time, if someone, if someone, like, if someone's strong enough and they're like, I don't like that node, I'm going to become the mayor and I'm going to make sure that node falls. Then yeah, I agree. There should be a cap, but there also maybe should be like a warning, be like, hey, mm. you're going too high. It's going to cause problems for both the citizens and uh, the crafting systems that you're yeah, going to have yeah. in, in this node. Yeah, and I, they just, I, and it's a big red button saying nuke. <laughs> well, I agree with Armored Cell, right? Because you you need to have change in the world, and if the only way to maybe um, de-level a node is to like well i mean at the end of the day you still have to siege it and win right you can't just yeah. or or you can i guess you can win the mayorship like you were saying you could win the mayorship and and make a change too but you right if you really do want like another node to rise up because that's going to be more beneficial for your community whatever that is guild alliance otherwise then yeah i think that's totally acceptable behavior to go in and say okay well you know it's a trial of combat. We are going to beat down whoever's the mayor and take it over and run it into the ground. That's totally, I, in my opinion, it's within the confines of the gameplay. I, but again, you have to balance that out with, you know, with the caps, like you were saying. Right. And and I think the other balance is like we've talked about it. It's the fact that you're not yeah. going to pocket that profit, which I think that exacerbated an already tense situation and it, it made it almost counterproductive to the right type of conflict right because as opposed to it being like maybe like a back and forth where people had stake in that other town really it versus you know the, the town that was more successful as a result there wasn't it was like no contest okay the other one just died um and so i think you know as Stephen talked about the fact that he wants people to identify and have stake in their node. You you do need to kind of you know put systems in place that you know drive loyalty and and I think just you know having having a few levers as opposed to just like one shot is is the way to go in this in this scenario. Mm. So, yeah. but I I do agree. I mean, this is a at the end of the day, there's political intrigue as part of yeah. what this experience is all about so yeah hell yeah sabotage right yeah i wouldn't say one month worth like one mayor ship maybe he has to be it for like three months be up to be able to do like a mass amount of damage to it because like if you've got mm -hmm. a cap if you like uh what's it called uh not uh basically draining them of their resources it's like over time uh basically same thing that people used to do in like medieval times where they encircle the castle and make sure no food can go in and they start to starve themselves out so if they the mayor can be there for three like three months or two months continuously eventually you're going to start feeling the the pain of the economical uh standing of that node mm -hmm. but um that what i can see happening is also is the way around that is either you beat that mayor or you get more of your friends to come around into that node and you can actually farm enough to actually cover that anyway and it's it's a big like middle finger to them be like hey we can still farm that we can still get that gold you're not doing anything to us because we're we're just a bunch of farm bots which i i yeah. sort of am but <laughs> <laughs> so here's a here's an, a nice sort of like i feel like it's a good segue into the namesake of the of the actual show today talking about arcane mementos which those could be known as enchants if you were to find some interesting 
scrolls in the game. Imagine if that was a thing, but let's go on and talk about that real quick about enchanting. Cause I think this is a pretty fun discussion. Um, if you didn't check out the game guide we had, you definitely check it out over at the HQ, but we're going to piggyback off of, uh, the comment here and talk about it. Um, this comment right here, there's a whole chain of them and I didn't want to not have them up, but David Sumter over on YouTube said again, I'll say, I feel that enchanting should be an artisan skill. Put a pin on that because that's a debatable discussion for us today. Perhaps part of the scribing profession. I know someone in our community who's interested in that idea. Brown Rice, I'm talking about you. You can sell or pass along the scrolls that can be used by anyone. The effects can relate directly to the skill level of the artisan, just like the rest of the skills. Keep in mind, we've talked about how enchant scrolls are likely something that players are going to be crafting and selling at player stalls in the uh, in the nodes. Now, I talked about that, and like I said, Brown Rice was down with that. Now, Meat Hooks had another thought, too, which was, I think it's dep it depends on the vertical versus horizontal. And this is another important thing to keep in mind with enchanting, right? So if you had your sword over, or if I hand my sword over and some knob blows the enchanting process and he breaks the sword, I don't think anyone can come away from that and say it was a good experience. It definitely feels like a really bad moment, right? But the horizontal progression where you're changing damage types and maybe some passive effects or, you know, some of the other things, for example, cosmetic appearances, glow effects, colors, et cetera, um, there's not really risk involved on that one. So don't really see that could be in the hands uh, of the crafter, like putting that in the hands of the crafter. So you keep... The big takeaway on that, from my perspective, with what Meek, Meat Hooks is sharing here, is also an important one for us to talk about. And that is, if you don't make it an artisan profession, then you, at least from my perspective, and it sounds like what Meat Hooks is saying here, is you keep it in the hands of the players and therein lies player agency. Right? Like, I'm going to get these scrolls. I'm going to choose this. Uh, I'm going to choose to go for it. I'm I'm the one risking at that point. Like it's in my hands with the actual process versus like putting it in the hands of someone who's a crafter, right? Now, keep in mind that we have some professions, uh, artisan classes that have not been announced yet. Uh, I don't know. Better this be a, you know, uh, not really profession, but a uh, a system that you can engage in that requires the, you know, the scrolls to be developed through uh, multiple different artisans like they currently are? Or do you think that it actually in some way could be better to be a crafting artisan profession? I mean, me personally, I think it's fine being dissipated throughout the professions because mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to create more player interaction. Um, I think the issue of like vertical enchanting I think how you can maybe address that is you don't, I mean, you at least have something in the UI that says, look, this has got a low, medium, high chance of, you know, breaking the weapon. And I think when we talk about weapons being broken, I think the context, if I remember correctly, Stephen was talking about over enchanting, which yep. if you're going to do that, then I'm sorry, you accept that risk when you go there. And if some, somebody breaks the sword it's because you chose to do something that was more risky um and i think that like that rng element i i think makes sense um i don't think it's necessarily an argument to have enchanting be a single profession um 
because you could be like a a master blacksmith or uh you know a master tailor or what have you right and you're still going to have that level of skill it's going to be required to do those more complex enchantments um yes. i wouldn't expect anything different there and so i guess my my take is you know whether it's me like clicking the scroll and applying it to a weapon and fingers crossed that i don't break it or me trusting somebody else to do it mm -hmm. in some sort of ui i think the the risk is the same and it doesn't necessarily get more or less risky by it having it be dispersed amongst different artisan professions i just think it that that in and of itself creates a larger market and a bigger opportunity for players to interact so i'm okay with it being dispersed across the professions versus it being the sole profession that somebody um you know somebody dives into now i do mm -hmm. like the the scribe piece i think that's that's Same. great is that you know somebody can go and again interact with another profession and scribe a you know a scroll that has a particular enchantment or a particular rune or something right i mean i think that would be really cool and again it keeps it flowing between players versus it being like a, a monopoly if you will yeah I agree. And I like frozen what you said in chat. So, but please concentrate percentage risk chance, not just low, medium, and high. Yeah, I agree with that too. Same. Yeah. Well, and mm, any thoughts? So I've got I've got uh two thoughts. So first of all, with the um like with the enchanting, yes, I sort of do I I, I agree it should be more of a, an artisan. But if you want to be doing it yourself, I don't think you can over enchant, right? I don't think you can pick that. I think it has to be like baseline enchant. However, it has to be going along the lines of going to a scribe, the enchanted going to a scribe and turning into a scroll. But these, when it turns into a scroll, you're gonna need like certain uh, regiment, like regiments or uh, items or powders or something to keep it in into the scroll as a magical item. And it's going, that's going to increase the cost of the item because you're going to need more resources to keep it as a scroll, right? Now, if you want a, like, you got to think of, like, cost um, cost balance, right? If you want the easier route, more guaranteed route, it should cost you more. If you want to yeah. take a risk on it, then it should be average price. But if you want to be like, I don't trust this person, that, that's another thing, right? We should have, like, Yelp reviews for uh, enchanters. <laughs> like... This guy keeps screwing up. We shouldn't trust this guy. He he keeps saying he's gonna over like over enchant, but he always goes above average. Oh like, my god! I want I'm giving this guy a free star review. Unlimited like, power. Yeah, uh, we could call it. Uh, I don't know, but I could I could totally see when the game launches that we end up having on the Ashes HQ forums someone actually creating like a, a list for the servers and talking about different people and do different things and like reviewing them. Oh my gosh! You just so look good. in their bio, like their Uber, yeah. like yep, their Uber rating. That's so funny, man. That's so damn funny. I, g I gave my sword to this guy, and he put some things on it, and it blew up. <laughs> Why am I supposed to rate this guy? <laughs> Bad bunny, what? Right. He gave my sword of darkness a bright yellow glow. Why is that? I didn't ask for this. It's not dark. I don't see. Well, it was like Lightbringer stuff, though. What do you mean? I feel like something's going on there that I don't want to address. So, 
Last topic, friends, coming straight from Ashes HQ forums. Well, before yeah, I just want to put my pick, um, because I had like multiple thoughts as as I was thinking about. Go this. for like, it, man. How how do you want the system to be created? Do you want it simple or complicated? You already have a flushed out system for uh, gathering. Uh, Refining, then crafting the item for mm-hmm. uh, items. Uh, if you want to um, make this one simple, it's not going to feel right, or it's not going to be right for the other crafting systems. Mm-hmm. So flushed out, I think, keep it unanimous. Am I saying it right? Mini, 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 unanimous. Yeah, that, that word. Uh, What's it called? Throughout all the crafting systems. At least this is my, what I think. Now, thematically, though, um, and this is depending on what race you want it to be and how Steven wants the f- game to be flushed out. Do you want it the Ooga Booga way of, cre- uh, what's it called, uh, enchanting your items, or do you want it the Scrolls way? Because Scrolls are usually from Wizards and Ooga Booga way are more, uh, what's it called? Uh, like Islander feel, um, like Elven feel as well. Ritual. That they throw, yeah, ritual. ritual. Yeah, rituals essentially. I'm not. I do um, not. I am some Morgan. I do not approve this message. Put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so it really depends yeah. thematically as well, and how complicated do you want the system to be? Um. Mm. You also have to gather certain resources. Putting on a scroll and just putting it on there is like putting a sticker on the sword. Here you go. You got thumbs up of, of approval. Here's your flare. Yeah. Here's your flare. Sticker on your sword. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talking so, about destiny all of a sudden. What's going on here? <laughs> this is really we're going back to the beginning <laughs> comment of the show. <laughs> now, that's why, and I agree with you guys that if if you guys want to make it more flushed out. Now, it they need to make that final guy important. It needs to feel um, uh, pristine and not a thumbs up and you're on your way. <laughs> oh um, God, dude. So, yeah, that's my perspective. So, Arthas Dawnbreaker said your certificate of gl- glow. <laughs> that's good. Ashes HQ forums, we got a discussion point here. I saw this being chat about during the week um, between different people. We're going to talk about it. All right. And this is a comment coming from O'Crew, one of our guildmates in Knights of the Phoenix. What up, homie? He said, I think I remember hearing a while back that Intrepid will be hiring in-game moderators to help seek out cheaters and bots. Yes. Yes. Active mod or active GMs in the game. So he said... Uh, number one, do you think they will stick to strictly game management or is there a possibility of other player interactions like GM events? Interesting. So that's one. And two, oh. have you ever taken part in a GM event in another game? Love to hear about it. So if you if you want to contribute to this, go over to Ashes HQ, go to the forums, I guess under general discussion, feel free to share some of your own experiences there. Get to be pulled from there to talk about it. You can also share it here on the live show. Um, 
but let me finish the rest of this. I'm going to leave it on screen so we've got it, gentlemen. I have two distinct memories is what he talked about. And uh, I'm going to definitely share one of mine on the events as well because it's a good one. Um, he had two distinct memories from days of playing EverQuest almost daily in one of the major cities. A GM would hang out shouting riddles and lore trivia. It's an interesting one. Would gift anyone who responded correctly some coin or an item. The other memory is probably the highlight of my MMO career. My group of three were hunting in Greater Fair Dark when all of a sudden we see a chat about a hunting down a unicorn. My group was the first to find the unicorn and started the fight. Over the next 10 minutes, a massive mob was trying to kill this thing. We eventually bring it down. Like some more, I 100% totally on my life did not ninja loot. But it was somehow the first to pick up the items. Oh, this, I'm gonna let me just go ahead and frame this point. I totally didn't realize this was on here. Like Samorg, I 100% totally on my life did not ninja loot it, but somehow the first to pick up the items. I recall a helmet, breastplate, not great stats, but looked pretty cool. The GMs gathered everyone who participated together and held a ceremony. I had to hand over the gear, but it was a useful sword and a title, Okru, the Fade Arc Protector. Well, those are certainly interesting. What? That last part looks photoshopped to me. No, not it's the, no, it does expert, not. It does not. It is not. It's over there on the HQ. I did not doctor this up at all. They said I've been chasing the high for the past 15 years and I peaked too soon. Oh, that's kind of a sad feeling. But so I guess there's a lot to respond to on this, isn't there? There's a ton yeah. to talk yeah, about. Definitely the first point. Definitely, Okru has drank the dark Kool Aid because he's he's putting things out there that you know we what? have not disproven yet about what? potential ninja looting and no. like running around without any pants on. No, so I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying it's like Don't that's listen. questionable. That's questionable. Ashen Harold's wings are getting dark right now. I'm just saying. On, on on his other point, um, I yeah, I think that that's like sounds like a really cool thing. Yeah, I dude. remember, I remember like some stuff that they did at like end of um end of beta with City of Heroes, where uh, it's like you have like invasion spawns and that kind of thing. And I know there's been other games that have done like that type of thing, but it's not necessarily a GM run event. It's a scripted thing. And, you know, the best ones are when there's just like some level of dynamic thing. I think the only I would say GM event that I ever participated in, like, you know, outside of those bigger ones personally was actually a GM in EverQuest. Um, I wanted to change my like uh, one of my titles or my surname or whatever, like in the game mm -hmm. for my monk. And I remember a GM kind of like poofing in in the middle of a dungeon mm. with like just it was an open world dungeon and uh and i like i did this whole we did this whole ceremony where like i knelt down he kind of did this like you know cast this spell and bestowed this title upon me and he That's like cool. did like you know it was like it was just the coolest thing and again it was totally spontaneous but it was the fact that there was an active like person gm everyone could see them you kind of knew like who the gms were and it was just a really cool thing to have. So I was really excited. I mean, cheating pieces aside, I think yeah, that definitely, you know, you need active people. But the RP element or at least the um, that type of thing, that's not only going to take the stories per server 
um, you know, that we already have, it's going to enhance that because you're going to have like GM run. Potentially, you could have GM run events on every server and they might be different um, depending on what's happening in the node. So I think that's a really, really great idea. Um, and I would uh, I would love to see. Um, I hope he's right that they are planning on doing GM run events outside of like just the I don't want to say the boring stuff, but the necessary stuff for, you know, stopping mm -hmm. people from doing bad things, you know, ninja looting stuff. That ninja looting is bad. This is why I'd never <laughs> do something like that. There's no, you just cause Steven says something, Steven trolls a lot, everybody. Okay. I mean, hey, he did say he's going to take that slipper and slap you with it. Uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> he didn't actually say that. He implied maybe something could happen, though, which is probably just still a bad implied. Is an implication. I need a shirt that says still the Lord's word. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Lord's word, mate. You can't, you can't deny it. Armored cell of Stevenism over here. <laughs> he's he's going to send a sandal of smite on it towards you. I swear to God. Oh, my God. I'm still going to get killed in game by Steven just for the fun of it. I think it's going to probably happen one day. I'm just going to be like, you. damn it. Whatever happens, I hope it happens on stream, and I hope somebody clips it. When that sandal God. comes out from on high, you just see this like shadow of a big sandal, and Sim's like, "Why has it gotten so dark?" Bam! <laughs> I think I think his wordings were he's, he won't kill anyone; he'll just reborn them or re reincarnate them. Reincarnate them. <laughs> I think that's why he posted on Discord at one point. He'll just rise from the ashes, right? He'll be like, "Poof, he gone." Yeah, you might you might want to wear a helmet because you know this this might be a little bit of a target up here with the oh, it's not the I haven't produced oil. It, I haven't produced enough. It needs another hour to 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 produce for the processing to occur, and then that that authentic Persian oil will actually be there. They were wondering pre-show exactly how long it takes for me to generate the Persian oil that's utilized in the bolstering of the Lightbringer aura that shines off my bald head. So if anybody's it's wondering about juice. that. It's the beacons of Jesus Don't have calls for aid. <laughs> wrong show, man. Wrong show. Damn, wrong, wrong show. You're thinking about the LFM show. That one's off the oh, chain. That one, yeah, God that's bless, a good show. dude. Friends, did you all see? Uh, I, I got to tell you, man. I, hearing you all talk about some of your experiences, I, this is one of the ones that if you're if you're listening to this, you're watching it on YouTube, right? Like remember you can contribute to these conversations comments like you can go hit up discord we got the pathfinders channel we got dash's discussion um you can dm me you can comment on youtube um where wherever in the post show we can chat if there's anything you want to talk about on the show please 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 make sure you get it to me i miss it sometimes during the live show but don't forget uh that we love to curate community discussion points and um yeah, this this one actually, I kind of feel sad hearing all this because you guys are telling me some really fun things, and the 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 actual in game GM experience that I've had was during the launch of the Elder Scrolls Online, where the GMs just sat up in the sky on chairs that you couldn't you could target them but you couldn't attack them, and they just watched like large scale PvP. That was literally it, though. I mean, there wasn't anything really cool about it other than that. And then they don't do that anymore. So, yeah, I mean, it's. The idea of like, you know, some of you all talked about here, Arthur said earlier, being able to um, being able to 
um, sort of like rally people go do an event in, in game or sort of like Daedalus talking about with like, you know, an RP event where it's like Neil and they did bestow a buff on you or something like that could be really cool. Um, you know, like a knighted buff or some, some piece of gear or whatever. I mean, things like that just sound really good. And yeah, Ultima, I saw that comment about Ultima as well, but I'm really curious, you know, definitely go contribute to Oak Roo's post on the HQ. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what some other people decide to share related to that. Speaking of shares, we got Steven who decided to share on Twitter this week that we are getting closer to, what was it, everybody? It is, uh, yeah, that right there. We're getting closer to the Ranger preview and he, he shared this sick image of a bow. Can anybody say Sun Fury? Bow of the Phoenix from World of Warcraft. Anybody? Does it is it not reminiscent? It, it does look way better than that, but that's that's the bow from World of Warcraft. Um obviously this one's sick. And I thought that bow was amazing, by the way. So just being able to see this thing was like, oh my god, that looks so amazing. It's like a thousand times better than the one from World of Warcraft just saying. Look at that thing. Ooh, baby. That bow I mean, is it actually sick. looks like Phoenix feathers on there yeah. versus it being very orange plastic. <laughs> orange plastic. Like, oh yeah, no. I was gonna say silicone, but that has another connotation entirely. <laughs> oh. Okay. The other one, the other mm-hmm. one from World of Warcraft reminds me of the uh, like Lego store. <laughs> yeah. Lego store. Uh, yeah. True. I mean that that is a, a good looking bow. And the glowing eyes on there. I mean, nice. Pretty sick, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan uh, of that of that bow right there. And I'm we got like less than two weeks, man. We got what is it going to be? The probably thirtieth. That Friday the 30th of September, man, we're going to get to see some Minotaurs get thumped by a ranger. And I have a feeling they're going to be wielding that bow. So I can't wait to see the animations and just how the bow firing is going to look like. How's the drawback going to look? How's the string going to look? There's a lot There's a lot of details that they could, you know, actually play with to make it look a little more realistic. There's like magical qualities that we could see sort of popping off uh, with the skill effects potentially. So I'm sur- super, super curious uh, just what the Ranger is going to be like. Because we haven't seen the Ranger in any capacity since Alpha Zero, friends. And it was fun back then. I can I can vouch that it was a fun one to play. But we saw it in Alpha 1. In Alpha 1? <laughs> we saw it. It didn't work, though. <laughs> it just didn't. <laughs> in Alpha 1? You mean APOC? <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. Alpha, yeah. alpha one. Was yeah, it was Alpha Zero? I thought had Ranger. Alpha Zero that. had Ranger. Yeah, that was the that was the very first like year from 2017, December 2017 through until. Lesson was before Alpha One, right? We tra- Alpha we Zero, yeah. I you I remember playing it on Siege and it did not work at all. Really? I don't remember which phase that. Yeah. It used to break oh, the game wait. when it used to exit the out. Uh, that would have been the back end. They, remember, they were they did an alpha. They did the. This is something people haven't actually seen, but only a handful of people actually participated in. And it was the it was the castle siege thing that they were doing before the ones you saw in Alpha One. 
And there were the classes, remember? You had like, what was it? Engineer, um, Archwizard, I think. Uh, yeah. Is no, that, 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 on the other hand, yeah. yes. And, and yeah, you're right about that. That was wonky as I'll get out with that. <laughs> that yeah, that bow. But that's something that most people actually have not seen. You all do not have footage of that, right? There's, they have not shown yeah, it off. Yeah. They, they showed off like the siege. Um, they showed off some gameplay footage from the devs and then they talked about um, they showed off like the map, like the, you know, stuff getting launched. But uh, there was there was a group of us that jumped in and got to actually test that. But no one ever saw yeah. that because they ended up going into a different direction. They did some dev stuff for about a year and then we got to, well, year and a half and then we got to Alpha One. I mean, we yeah. as players only got to see it on our character, but actually using it wasn't the thing. No. Nope. <laughs> Yeah, so it makes me so jealous, man. Yeah, that's one of the things we can talk about. That was a very, I actually like that keep. That keep felt quite large compared yeah. to the one in Alpha Alpha One. By the way, just saying, the one in Alpha One was not like that keep. That keep was huge. So anyway, it's something you all that are watching, unless you were there, you probably have no idea what we're talking about because no one saw it. But it was it was pretty interesting, man. Glad they got rid of the auto gates, though. Remember that? That was so stupid. Yeah, I was like, "This yeah, is they could just one run, run in." It's like, "Don't enter the gate." You enter the gate, and then ten other people roll in with you. You're like, "Ah, shit!" What's yep. it like a Walmart gate where it just like opens up? Like, like <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It literally the gate just went up and then down and up and down based on proximity to it. And yeah, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is so bad." Um, but anyway, we'll we'll move on. That was that was a good discussion though in the forums, and we talk about the ranger bow or just the bow in general that we got so here we go friends so there was some stuff and things in our ashes well in our discord over some more or that was a discord.gg forward slash some more we got the ashes discussion channel in there um and, and the pathfinder channel and then the discussion channel i remember arthas this week posted i didn't get to respond to it but now, I already speculated at the end of Alpha 1, over a year ago now, that I felt pretty confident that there was definitely more with the world building done than we know. And my rationale for that is we've seen a lot of, we had seen up until that point in time, a lot of different videos for like the Cursed Charger and people running around the world and all these things. And you're like, we've never been there. We've never seen this um, at all, right? And you could even go talk about uh, the Alpha 1 footage that the devs showed off before we got at Alpha 1, that was nowhere that we could explore either. That was literally some other server, some client that they were playing on, that they've got set up where they showed off different things. And so it, to me, is it, to me, logically, it's like a no-brainer for me to speculate with a pretty high level of assurance and with an educated guess that they definitely in regard to the world itself, I think, they've got a lot more done with that world than we have even any idea about. Now, from my perspective, I think system-wise is where we're really working on getting some completion at before we get to Alpha 2. And so the question, or really the thought posed, was think Ashes of Creation's a lot further along than people realize. Now, I know Daedalus, you had some ideas around this to probably chime in on. And gentlemen, no particular order here, feel free to jump on in. Let's talk about it. What do you think? Theory yeah, I, just, I, I would I would agree with you. I mean, I think the world building aside, it's just when we get to like any of their showcases lately, 
it's like oh hey we're gonna show you like our first iteration of the character creator for example holy crap i mean if that's like iteration one then they've got to have been working on that a lot longer than we think right um and i think that's that's just like one bit of evidence i mean personally i i would be i wouldn't be surprised if we get something earlier than what we're thinking i mean i'm not holding my breath obviously because i know that gauge for them releasing things is really focused on quality versus a delivery date um yeah. you obviously still need to have target delivery dates in mind otherwise you're just going to keep going like you know yeah. a la star citizen <laughs> but um <laughs> but you but you i do feel like there's a lot happening like behind the scenes and i think you made a comment i don't know where it was it might have been on one of your streams or or what sim but yeah. i totally agree with that is that um i think all we're really waiting on is just the systems to kind of get all their like like major you know development bug squashing done but i think the world is like totally you know far along and it's really just about making sure the systems are coming up to the right level where they're they're playable and people can start kind of looking for some of those more minor things. So I would agree with you there. But definitely just again, like in terms of like even the this that Tolnar reveal, let's just talk about that. I know that's more world building than you know any in system development, but the fact is is like we didn't think they were anywhere near ready to showcase a Tolnar, and then boom, here's the Tolnar, right? Or those Minotaurs, um, which is a good point. Yeah, or the this. Minotaurs as well, right? So again, right, it, it may be conceptual, but when you talk about concept and locking down a concept versus getting it into a model, that's not a very long period of time to do that, yeah. really. You know, most mm -hmm. of it's just, I, this is what we want the the final form to look like. And then we'll tweak it from there. Um, you know, so so yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think they're much further along, but I think the only thing that's holding them back from releasing it is frankly their bar for quality. Uh, and I think we've seen that in everything we've seen thus far, right? The character creator, the weather system, you know, all of that, I think is all predicated on the fact that they want to make sure. The first impression is a great impression. Mm -hmm. Especially where Steven's at these days. And I agree that the first impression is important. And I don't think they used to be that way. Uh, or at least back then when they used to show us cosmetics and uh, certain armor pieces. They used to not give us the, the biggest... Uh, reveal for those cosmetics like oh they're like the first iteration and it was legit the first iteration um and people like dislike that so i assume it like they were trying to find a sweet spot for people mm. that oh it's the first iteration but we worked on it at the same time and you're not missing out here's what we've developed so people don't um complain or say that oh we're not on the ride of uh seeing the progress uh, the progression of the game for example uh, 
So I do agree that the bar has risen. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Uh, what they're doing is great. Um, there is a fine quality of things that should come out on a first impression. And yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to say that the game's done. Obviously, the game's not done. No, no. But, <laughs> but, but of the supposed, well, not supposed, but like the, the confirmed metadata that they found off the the map, which yeah. is spoilers. If you don't want to read it, don't read it. Right. But they only like you can only see 255 lines of that code, like that that detail. There's still more in there that you just couldn't see because it could only reveal so much. Yep. So, but the fact is, all that information is already there. All that information is already laid out. And as as um, Dalis was saying, like the iteration between the uh, Minotaur being like, "Hey, here's the Minotaur," and by the way, it's going to be in game next month. And we're gonna be seeing you versus a ranger. I was like, I was just give me like at least half a year to absorb this thing before you like. Oh yeah, by the way, we've already modeled it and we're, it's it's done. It's gonna fight the ranger and it's it's, it's already there. Like mm -hmm. I'm like the pacing now is like super intense. Like I, you. I don't know, like the toner. I wasn't ready for the toner. That was like a, a backhand. I was like, whoa, wow, right? Damn, super unexpected for me too. Like, what? Do you mean the toner? Like, I don't want to. Yeah, the toner. Yes. I, like, I don't know what to expect. Like, like after Ranger, are we going to get like, uh, like all the uh, artisan classes, or are we going to get like? I don't want to get my hopes up. But when he's saying like uh, toner, then Ranger, like, there's not much. Like, the, that Ranger is pretty up there in the things that we we're waiting on. And yeah. if that's coming up now, like, is there any? Is there anything much higher than that? that that we'll be like that shouldn't be cut in here until like uh, at the end so. of Alpha Two sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like I think so. I, I think we're gonna get shocked towards the end of the year. Actually, I think as we get towards the end of the year and early next year, I think we're gonna just get. I think we're gonna get hit with stuff that we weren't expecting. Um, and we had one of the devs who likes to hang out, uh, Quantarium Slurp. If you ever see him in, in our chat, that's that's one of the devs. And uh, usually we see them during the um, the Ashes post show that I do here after the developer live streams. And you'll see him or like Jinsey or Meadow of Flowers. They'll be in chat. Uh, Jinsey's thrashing Cody. If y'all see him in chat, totally just outed her. But there it is. Ew. Stitches, uh, snitches get stitches. No, you don't fine. call out the devs. Come on, bro. They all That's got like VIP. <laughs> no, we, we're good. We're good. We're good. I, I got. They all got VIP. They'll their name will stand out. And uh, I'm not <laughs> snitching anything. <laughs> Trying to paint this dark narrative. Damn murder uh, bunny. <laughs> Telling you. But real talk though. You know what he what he said in chat. I think it was. Uh, I think it was actually after the last Ashes post show. He was saying, he's like, get ready because we're going to start seeing a bunch of stuff gear like revving up as we get closer to the end of the year and into next year. Because apparently they've been a rock in it. And and I think like we've all talked about, Steven's just being, he's just being careful about timing, really careful about it and really methodical about it. And I'm sure on some level that Margaret's, you know, kind of got like some expectations on that for the big deliveries because remember when he was like, Oh, let's show the Tolnar. We just saw the heads, but she was talking about how like they've got it planned to, she's got something she wants to do a really nice reveal for that. So clearly no, no feet pics or anything, just, just, just faces. <laughs> they said toe, Tolnar, right. no, no toes. Yeah. There it is though. 
though the last stream we did get some toe we did get some toe the last oh, stream. oh man dude that was so yeah it was meme worthy wouldn't it i'm yeah, sure that was that hasn't been memed like a dozen times by now that i'm just kind of shocked really to be honest about that yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think the one thing i am going to be hyped for is the um the charity stream because if it was that good like yeah information that there should be tons of information on that charity stream like tons. i think so too yeah i think we had the peak in 2020 with a, a bunch of stuff re- released around the ancients and all that and i think last year was a little bit of a it was a bit of a lull not a bad thing it was just it was it was more of a valley as opposed to a peak of showcase because they were working on things i have a feeling this year is going to be another peak though i really do i think we're gonna get some tasty lore bits here that'll be good stuff um Oh my gosh, that's a good question from John in chat. Uh, how long was it after Steven did his first QA? Did they announce Alpha 1? It depends on which one you're talking about. Q&A, right? Because there were a bunch going on before Alpha 1 was announced, remember? He, he dropped by here. He did the Reddit one. There was a bunch of stuff going down. I mean, there was a chain of things going on for a while there. So it's actually... Oh, the AMA. Uh, that was like less than a year, I believe, because I believe that was at end of it was like uh, mid to late summer of. Was it 2020? And then it was Alpha One announcement came roughly. Nine months or so, maybe. I mean, we, we got the date, but then it got postponed twice remember so if we go with the original one i'd say nine months if we go with the latter one 10 to 11 months probably 10 months so there you go yeah that would be that would be about right interesting makes you wonder interesting yeah for sure so i got a i got a i got a question for you all Kind of, we did the discussion around bosses a while back. You remember, and we've we've been talking about enchanting and gearing and things like that. Now we've seen some really massive creatures, and we had a uh, I think it was an Ashes talk around the boss fights, the boss battles. So in that regard, we've had a lot of different people talking about how they like to see these massive creatures, sort of like roaming Vera, things going down. I wanted to talk about something a little bit more specific to the Kickstarter, which was, remember, one of the Kickstarter perks is you get to make a world boss, certain tier. People will get to make a world boss and have a version of it as a pet in Ash as a creation. Now, I talked about, like, what I think would be, you know, what I would like to see if I get the opportunity to do that, like, with my reward or whatever. I think a Samora would be really cool and sort of, like, see a really, really, like, authentic version of it authentic to like some of the mythology you know not the variations because if you look at like final fantasy games people are like oh i saw that i I was a creature in uh, final fantasy and i'm like "Mm, that's a bird creature in final fantasy that's not mythologically accurate to what the samorg is right it's closer to a phoenix without fire so i think that would be really cool but i guess my question is what do you think would be really some really cool or really horrible versions of like world bosses that people that backed um, could have in the game, like things you don't want to see and things maybe you'd like to see or just interesting ideas. Hmm. I don't know if I want to tempt the nightmare fuel, but I'll let armored cell go go first. 
All right, well, nice. mine will be worse than yours, so it'll be fine. I'll, I'll <laughs> like go really high, and then you can go medium. So, in D and D, we have, I have bought this um this monster manual fan made, and it was basically a few few mobs in there, and there's one mob in there that I'd love to see as a boss. So basically, it's a a remains of a like it a zombie sort of thing, like a, a lich had raised dead, mm. they've killed it, but the arm was still sentient. And what happens is it follows adventurers and fo- grabs corpses and puts it into a mm, shambling no. mass. And it got, starts growing bigger and bigger. And as you're sleeping, when you wake up, it leaves like treasures and stuff that you left behind as a thank you. But eventually it will attack you if you don't keep giving it um, corpses to feed on. So it gets bigger and bigger and becomes like a giant shambling mass of like corpses and stuff underneath like a giant sheet. But I was feeling like the blob movie sort of like hitting their visuals. Just me. Mm-hmm. Basil's like, what is that? I'm like, that's a really old movie, homie. <laughs> yeah. What about you guys? No comment. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really, really interesting idea, though. It is. It is. I don't know. I mean, I'm like not a fan of like spider anything. Like, and I know there's been a lot of different like movies like that. Like one of one of my like, um, I would mm. say my least favorite. Uh, my least favorite um, like creatures in say like World of Warcraft has been um, like the the bug races just because it's like I don't know I just get creeped out by that and so I wouldn't want like a big spider and I don't mean like you know just a standard one that's like you know kind of generic like one one like that's Vera style right which is means like so detailed like you know venom dripping off of limbs and just like all sorts of like you know yeah i just mm-hmm. that would just be too freaky for me but i'm sure there will be something like that in there so that's that's kind of my nightmare fuel that or you know some sort of like big old snakes <laughs> i've been traumatized mm-hmm. by snakes and really? i'll just leave it at that wait is this from arc no okay. no that's raptors raptors oh, are my end and what's actually interesting is um, before I logged off on community night, I had a run in with some raptors. I did. And I, re- and then I realized after, after I ran away with like within an inch of my life, I summoned my mount and I went back and killed those. Nice. So I dined on raptor meat <laughs> on Friday night. That's fantastic. Yeah. Your corpse got dragged around in the community center, by the way. I just want to put that out oh, there. It's all awesome. right. Nothing really bad <laughs> happened for that. Nothing bad happened unless uh, Arthas, when he built the tavern, decided to do something with you. I did see a uh, a bust up on the tavern wall in Ark. I don't know what that's about, but yep. um, yeah. maybe he put me in a little it. shrine. Maybe you put me in a little shrine. Let's hope not. Pretty sure I saw Brestuses on that one. So yeah, it may maybe not, man. Hopefully not. This man, you know, unless I there's my brother, man. <laughs> I don't think it was you. I'm just saying. Any other ideas, gentlemen? I mean, the only idea that comes into mind would be uh, imagine if you would enter into a misty area and uh, what's it called? You would have like an arc mage or an arc wizard, uh, a monster. Um, uh, and basically, you would be in an unconscious state for. Uh, eternity living your worst fears but 
there is no Arc Wizard there, and there, there's only mist there. And the entire area is engulfed in trees. And a huge sized golem would be the raid monster that you have to kill. Number one, Faisal, for eternity, you said, okay, that's <laughs> number two. Do you ever see the mist, bro? The movie? Yes. Of course. I, I was thinking like the cave in Dagobah, man, but it's <laughs> me. Um, so you're basically going to be engulfed by the forest, essentially. <laughs> I'm thinking of some bad things happening to people in a, in a situation like that. I think I, I just I would like to see some unique creatures that really don't exist. You know, I, I definitely don't want to see any any of these any of the people who are backers who get to like create like a, a boss, basically creating like, you know, things that are like just kind of ridiculous that would be immersion breaking. I think that would be the big no for me. Like, for example, if you got like a little bunny running around in a diaper with tears always squirting out of his eyes and stuff saying, you know, murder, death, kill or something. I mean, I'd be like, that's just ridiculous. You can't have that. And I, I know Stephen already said there won't be any, you know, bunny costumes the in the game. Thing, so the only thing ridiculous about that that it's me not slaying you. That's the <laughs> only thing. <laughs> the giant stufferton, that's gonna be interesting. I'm hoping that's not a bridge. I think it's just gonna be a big bear. Honestly. I don't think Stuffertons is gonna be nearly as like, you know, cutesy as we think it'll be. Just basically a big bear, right? So mm. let's hope not. You never know. God, I hope not. Um, I mean, what what boss would be technically emergent breaking? I mean, I can think of something. A giant sandal in the world that drops nah. on people. That's a mess. Now, now, there's already been sandal shrines. You, you, that ship has sailed, that's, my that's, friend. That's it's part of law now. It's not It's not even that. Like, some. That's going to happen to you and solely to you. There's oh not going to be a single witness. And since you're going to talk about it, you're not able to convince anyone. <laughs> when it happens, I'm, I can't defend you either. I'll be there like praising Stephen as he does it. I'll be like... Exactly! <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's, it just has to happen. The witnesses are already against you. <laughs> There's no win-win situation here. <laughs> you, you can't defy God. I mean, if if he if he was really angry about you, he would have taken it off you. But he let you took to take it. He's the he's the god of the game, but he let you take it. Yeah. Speaking of which, last last I I wow. missed one episode. And you're already saying blasphemy. I appreciate you being god, but you're not not yet. Oh my gosh, Suri Suris there was saying fourth wall breaking bosses are standard in Fantasy Star Online MMO. That's interesting. <laughs> What are you gonna do about it? Like you said, no one's gonna be around. That's bogus. You know, you remember what he said, right? He said at the crescendo were his words of my online experience live streaming the game. This is this is literally from his own words on the Ashes Pathfinder podcast. He said at the crescendo of his experience in Ashes, what if right something flew overhead and just yoinked the loot from him? Or if he logged in the game and he wasn't able to loot. Yeah. You mean also, like at the end of a 48 hour live stream or? No, he also threatened me and said, I'm going to beat that ass. So I'm just saying. He's... <laughs> and hence the sandal. So that's not immersion breaking. It's already <laughs> been, it's already been documented in the lore. 
Oh no, dude, so unfortunate. And thusly, Steven will beat that ass. There will be people. You know, is there anybody that wonders like if he's legit going to do that? Part of me is like, that's so oh, funny. I don't wonder. But, I know it's going to oh, happen. Man, dude. <laughs> right. Uh, you know what this feels <laughs> like? This feels like how I met your mother's slap bet. <laughs> <laughs> it totally does. It's like you just, it's the threat of violence that is, uh, is the, is the worst. Yeah, yeah, I think if we get him back on the show and be like, yo, Steven, can we talk about like not dropping a standal on me or lo- or steal my loot in the game, please? And just admit to people that I didn't actually do anything wrong just to clear things up. And the response would be no next question. <laughs> it will be too. <laughs> He'll just fucking troll me, man. He will. He will totally do that. Dude. Unbelievable. Have you learned nothing? <laughs> I'm just holding on to that shred of hope. And you know, the, I truly believe he'll do it because he's already said he wants to do like uh, take over like mobs and stuff in game. Whereas like true, someone's trying to take yeah. the raid boss, and he takes over the raid boss, and fights them. Like oh, he, he'll God. totally do something that's he's he's not above it. He'll do it. No, he will. He'll use his, his god mode powers to totally troll people if he can. When when he when he is able to, it's just an if, right? True. True. So here's here's another question related to gearing, okay? And this might tie into enchanting, and we can kind of consider this our finalizing discussion point for today. When you think about these world bosses, right? Now, I know we've talked about getting gear or materials for gear off of uh, like raid bosses and stuff, right? What about with, like, these world bosses? I mean, I'm a big proponent of them not being static, and they actually patrol, and they're kind of roaming around, and... You know, I think that's really cool. At the same time, I think if they have a predictable pattern, people are going to have timers for where they're going to be at and when they're going to be there, yeah. right? Um, there's still going to be coordination that goes into that. Um, but my question is, is like, what would you like to see some of those bosses potentially drop or like how rewarding do you think those should be? And I think you could couple that with uh, a counter discussion point on how difficult do you want them to be? So this could kind of go hand in hand with like, you know, difficulty of a challenge, how great the reward. There you go. I mean, I'll say, I'll go on record to say, I think it should be like equivalent to a raid boss fight and give you equivalent raid loot or raid like materials. And, and I guess one thing that I would maybe suggest, I don't know how feasible this is, but I think, having having like the world bosses not necessarily like spawn like on exactly the same timer so there's some sort of like randomness to Mm -hmm. like if we kill a particular world boss like the next one that spawns like might spawn something different or depending on like how intricate that branching system is you may not see that same boss at least in the same iteration again right it might be i don't know let's just use a cyclops for example it might be there might be a family or a set of brothers of cyclopses and one has like certain elements that it uses in the fight versus another or you know the other is more a caster versus a melee so i would love to see something like that so it's not always the same fight and I think that also should, you know, give some itemization, different itemization for in terms of loot. I think that would make it interesting and it would make it less 
predictable because I agree with you there. It's like if it, there's any way to predict any type of pattern, people will find a way to do it. And it doesn't mm. necessarily need to be an add-on per se, right? Mm. It could still be something where somebody's maybe doing it, you know, in a in another way to be able to do it. Maybe it's like a manual timer outside of the game or something. But I would I would go for something like that. Mm, murder bunny's getting kind of low sorry i can get to it any other thoughts um so i've i've got a few thoughts like i've seen i've seen a old old image of like a the treant the giant treant do you remember seeing that oh yes yeah so my idea is like yes i want the world bosses to be hard yes i agree with daedalus having right i actually think better than raid boss loot to be honest like it's it's a world boss like like almost like a guardian of the world like mm. it should be detriment like huge it should mm. be like someone that's uh gonna give you something big right but i also think it should have like uh implications for, for the world like let's say you killed at that treant um i think that maybe the herbs or something in the area don't grow as fast or like because you're taking out the mm. world so, something that's part of the world right so that's going to affect the environment like i wouldn't mind if that it also affected the world itself so it's like, like if that. we take this boss out we might get the loot but it's gonna be harder to harvest mm. these crops or to cut down these trees or you know mm -hmm. what i mean that's a so really interesting idea i would like some cause and effect like even with cyclopses they might be like herders with um animals right like mm. the uh the kraken might be a world boss or could be the world boss so that means something in the ocean could be affected when you take out the kraken like maybe something else takes its place or uh, more vicious creatures are in the ocean now because you've taken out the apex predator like, oh, like that's, that. sort of, that's the sort of stuff that i would like to see yes whereas there's cause and effect mm, like absolutely. yes you'll get really good loot from killing this world boss but in doing so there's there's ramification like there's a uh, cause and effect for that like that that's the that's the whole thing about ashes right you do one thing and something else is going to happen as well i like that a lot yeah matt and chat said or trant that was holding back a certain species of mobs that now are spawning i think that is probably even a more likely scenario yeah that's huge that would be huge sort of like with the cyclops too that would be have a similar sort of dynamic of you know if this thing's sort of like an apex predator then it keeps other things away now that it's not you sort of like have these wandering dangerous creatures that you didn't have to worry about so much before for an area are are the dragons when you reach a metropolis stage or monsters in general um does that mm. consider it to be a world boss question mark that's a good question like because for example like what if it's like some shambling undead that sort of like spawn or whatever i mean it, i think it depends too right like it is what as a metropolis or as a node develops further beyond certain stages leading up to metropolis stage, um, is it something that's being unlocked that sort of is going to hover a specific area? Is it going to spawn an event specifically? And the events yeah. could work different than a boss that maybe is just roaming. Um, and I think like the shambling undead would be a good example of like having them sort of like, you know, having some sort of a uh, event timer that maybe isn't as certain that that's sort of happening. I think an event versus like sort of like bosses in general, but that's a good question because I just don't, I don't know how they're planning to go about that. And that's really tough to, for me to sort of speculate on with, with feeling confident about it. 
because they just yeah. don't know what they're planning to do. So it's a good question. Very good question. Yeah. And I and I would say just kind of on along these lines, and I would rather a world boss be an event than like a static spawn Absolutely, where yeah. they're either there or they're not. Mm -hmm, yeah. So I think like things leading up to it that really kind of, and in a sense builds the anticipation, right? To say, Hey, we know like maybe, I don't know, a few days, maybe a week in advance, like some world boss is spawning or we've, we've done something in the world that's caused this to happen. I think right. that, that in and of itself. And then again, make mm -hmm. it of a, set level of difficulty with a set level of reward that is like of a higher tier so you know you need to get your act together get your server together get your node together whatever that is to be able to at like minimum you're going to need multiple i would say you would need multiple raids for it right because if they can get their stability down like to a t then you can very easily create some massive battles with two or three 40 person raids to be able to take something down. Absolutely. And I've got a lot of, we got a lot of new names that have been in chat today. So welcome into all the new people, all the new homies. It's definitely good to have you all here. Um, you know, here's another thing that I, I want to talk about in regard to prestige, maybe not specifically loot. Like, can we make really cool titles, the thing again in games, like, or even potentially, you know, getting a, a a mount, like a really cool like mount drop, like these things that tie into in-game prestige, like earned in-game. I would love there to be like a rare chance for a specific mount to drop off of like world bosses, right? Because I think it's another really great way that the players are incentivized to at least at some point in the server's history see a node go so you can see this sort of like rise up another node rise up uh, where where this might be possible um and so Sim, yeah oh god yes. what title do you want that's the real question here savior of vera savior of vera. savior of from who see see you're going to save vera <laughs> you're gonna be stealing it for someone from someone else that's card. what you mean by saving vera no. huh? Well, you know what they say about history. It's written by the victors. Oh, come That's on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable, y'all. You know, it's just the shade level from you all is uh, quite ridiculous. <laughs> just want to put that out there. I I think Savior of Vera is a really cool title. I always liked the title Savior of Azeroth in World of Warcraft. Yeah. I just felt, I, I'm not going to lie, I did too. I feel yeah. like it should have been a little bit more but, difficult to get something like that, though, personally. Yeah, because everybody was Savior Exactly. Well, that, that's the thing. That's what Steven wants to avoid. Like, I was going to get this topic back up again. Uh, it's basically... Those are all theme park MMOs. You're always the hero right. of the yes. story. Right. So those titles are very going to be out there. They're not going it's not going to make you special. It's not going to make you anything. Right. Uh it's just their titles. So right. if you we're going to add titles, um, should that be given to a mayor to be assigned to specific people in his note? No. Hell no. I don't want a player to have, have agency to. over titles like that, <laughs> potentially. 
roles I'm cool with, but titles in game that unless the title, I mean, I could see like the titles maybe being something related only to when you're in a role in a node, that would kind of make sense. So kind of identify people. Yeah. 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 You know, mayor, somebody or whatever. Yeah. He's literally the mayor of this node. Yeah. (laughs) Or like Lord Warden, you know, or something like that. That could be, that could be kind of an interesting thing, but like something like savior of Vera, I feel like that needs to be like tough. Like you're the person that managed to acquire a very rare legendary, right? And you got to kill a specific boss with the legendary, right? And then I don't know, maybe your group could have it or something too, but it'd have to be tied to something like a very unique set of um, conditions that would be hard to be like a vassal of somebody. If you were participated. (laughs) Oh man. Can you imagine crimes in games? Like you can be like punished for. Like what about um, force titles? Oh my gosh. That would be good. That would be good. Yeah. For the people of a crime, like, like you've killed this Lord before this, uh, before the siege. And we've found you guilty, so you're now uh, the backstabber or something like something. I don't know something along those lines. Oh my of, like, gosh! Like some false title. You imagine getting a title like when you're really corrupt, and it's like something that just that would be kind of cool. That would be a forced title based on level corruption level or whatever. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I also, I also want to add the note of I if if a title is there, I don't want to see it on my screen directly. So, uh, or mm. like make it an option. I don't right. know, like on on the UI or something, because like seeing a lot of words on my screen, which I'm already seeing a lot of, and adding on top of it, uh, it's just oof. <laughs> uh, so. And and also, if every person has a title, every person, it's not like the title, the value of a title will become a lot less. So I you don't, don't want, think like, everybody. Title of blacksmith should. or something. <laughs> like, um, let's say, okay, title of blacksmith, great, but I don't expect every person to have yeah. the <laughs> title of master blacksmith. You know. <laughs> Oh my god, y'all in chat are really trolling me right now. I wonder which title Sim would get as I respond to Frozen. I say the righteous, and above that I see that your Ashen Herald Daedalus states my vote is for quote, sandal target, end quote. Mm. Unbelievable. I felt so betrayed. Just, you know, just, just trying to build the mythos, right? You know? And what should the best, most prestigious and meaning most difficult right boss battles absolutely include i think that's an interesting one to see what y'all come up with oh yeah i mean i would love to see like some sort of like puzzle mechanic or coordination Mm -hmm. like with multiple groups i mean i know they they try to do some of that in um in other games and i think it it mm-hmm. does make the fight interesting uh to be able to like it's not just like you know stand in one place or stand in a certain area and dps or do whatever right there's still gonna be like that level of okay you need to be able to think on your feet so i'd love to do that i'd love to see like 
certain skills that might need to be cast at certain times or, you know, to be able to maybe weaken the boss or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I would just love to see like things that just make the fight dynamic and that there's some coordination to get the boss down. And it's not, not all just about DPS or, um, you know, I think it should be as much about communication and coordination and awareness as possible. Yeah. Meaningful mechanics, as I like to call it. Yeah, thank you. That That is a very articulate way of saying it. Yeah, I would agree. I right. feel like it should feel less of a boss fight and more of a raid. No, not, not a raid, a, like it's a castle siege. As what I'm mm. saying is there should be Ooh. people, like wizards casting group spells against this thing. Like I'm talking like top tier, like as if you're facing a level five node. Like it should be you're, instead of you versing an entire city, that whole city is condensed into one person. That one person is equivalent to that. So that's why I'm thinking like you should have like giant um, mounts mm. coming towards it. You should have uh, wizards in the background. You should have like you should have like a whole battalion of people versing this thing. It shouldn't just be a 64 raid. Like it should be absolutely catastrophic. Catastrophic. Like. I, that's all that's all, all I can think like I can't like it's, it. it's hard it's hard to think of something yeah it makes me think of those epic summons like very early on that they talked about in a siege battle where you could get eight summoners in a party to channel that just imagine having like I that actually that's a really cool idea to have that for the world bosses you need something that on that level to be able to take down a world boss. Yeah. And I was thinking even of the sea battle, like you need to have like a bunch of harpoons or something to be able to um, you know, hold a boss down so you could do a DPS and then they break free from it. And yeah, I mean I think that that would definitely bring some level of epic. I would like, like a lot of like channeling mini like mini game channelings of magic like of mount uh Mana, mana manipulation. Ooh. So like um there's like clerics around the side preventing it from doing like uh curse energy or something against uh your teammates and then there's like wizards on the side getting ready to cast like a giant spell and then basically there's it's a whole whole bunch of group activities that are preventing them from doing certain things. I feel like that would be a a good way of doing things but obviously it's the bigger biggest boss is going to summon like miniature things as well so i feel like that's where tanks are going to come in and uh-huh large scale coordination i think mechanics like that where you've got like you know um dampening sort of happening to people's like magic or uh physical you know defenses and things like that just where you can really sort of like have the boss like if not countered with the right time, like just putting some serious like mitigations out there to to protect themselves, whether it's like inflicting you with something or just on themselves where it's like, okay, well enjoy wasting your mana right now to keep people alive because you forgot that step. And since you didn't get that step, now your, your, your flexibility and your resources as a whole group are, are sort of uh, diminished a bit because you've got to get to this whole fight. You better do it, be doing a lot of other things right along the way. And then that sort of like brings in the tie in to 
those open world dungeons and how you're going to be able to progress through them and they're going to get more difficult. And I think mechanics around that could be interesting to see how they're adapted or adopted to be applied to those world bosses. Very cool. Further thoughts, gentlemen? Anything you can think of around anything we've talked about? Because we are at the end of our show. Those are good ideas today, friends. Really good ones. I think an interesting mechanic would be to actually have a maze inside a raid. Oh. Like at some point of a stage where <sighs> the monster would just split up the entire party. Randomly, that is. So okay. you don't be in a fist. Yep. And That's you guys cool. have to find your way out of that maze to Aww. go back and kill the monster. I that like that. That's good yeah, stuff. Getting rid of the, uh, the the team building, like the yeah, the, yeah. So you're all getting coordinated, and then the boss gets you get your coordination out of the situation. Yeah, that because that coordination is the key to beating it. And if you can get rid of it, and they have to reform and regroup, and yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's freaking wow. Fun. Yeah, that. That'd be epic. Yeah. And the walls are poison. You touch the walls, you die. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Those are interesting ideas, man. Well, we're going to be staying too for the post show. We're going to definitely chat a little bit more for a little bit longer, but friends, I was, this was a damn good one. And thanks to all the community members that contributed some of your thoughts on the videos or discord or on the HQ forums, as you, you basically made this one hell of a discussion this week because well, of your own contribution. So thanks for contributing. It goes a long way around here and uh, helps to make this show a hell of a time. So with that being said, gentlemen, let's go down the road with Daedalus Armored Cell and Phaser. Why don't you shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on this show? You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Ashen Herald. Armored Cell. Still don't notice, man. <laughs> um, you can find me on mine and uh, no, it's not mine and Sims. Uh, you can find me on Sims Discord at um, Discord forward slash. Can you finish Discord.gg forward slash some work. There you go. Thank you, team buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Faisal is um, low. God. You guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Bagel108. And friends, again, real big shout out to our newest members on the Ashes HQ YouTube channel, to, to John and Brog over there. Really appreciate that. I think we're getting closer to showcasing those. So thanks a lot for the support over there to keep uh, well supporting the dream, what we're doing over here to make this uh, super regular content. We're going to be catching you again next Sunday for the next Ashes Pathfinders podcast, 5 p.m. CDT as usual. But... It might be the end of today's show. Remember that in closing, I got to remind every one of you that whether you listen to the podcast, you watch it on YouTube, you are here live for the live stream of it, or you listen to it on the drive, whatever the case may be. You two are an Ashes Pathfinder, so much love to you all, to Intrepid Studios. And until next time, live your best lives, walk in the light, and have a great night, friends. We'll catch up with you again real soon. Night, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night.